Today's episode is sponsored by Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network Finet, member SIPC. Finet is focused on helping independent advisors support their clients and reach their goals with unique, ever-evolving solutions and resources from one of the nation's largest financial institutions. Learn how you can get more with Finet at wfa.com slash independent. That's wfa.com slash independent. Welcome to the Wellstack Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Rossick, the Director of Wellstack Content Solutions. In this episode, I'm joined by Joe Stensland, CEO of Bridge FT. And today's topic, the importance of delivering better data-driven outcomes for clients. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the Wellstack Podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. I've been very much looking forward to this conversation, and I always joke that I like to start with the hardest question first, depending on how you look at it. So let's talk about your background and how you ultimately landed where you are today as CEO of Bridge FT. And you know, were you always interested in technology, or was there a specific moment in time where the light bulb clicked on? What's the story? Yeah, I actually um, personally have always been interested in technology and, and, a, and a bit of a geek. Uh, I started off in software sales. Uh, and then and I took my first job in financial technology some 25 years ago or so uh, at Thompson Financial, which was a predecessor company to Refinitiv and, and Thompson Reuters uh, as a product manager. Um, at, at Thompson Financial, we started uh, what was their wealth management group. Uh, we built a, comp- a product called Thompson One Advisor, which became Thompson One Wealth Management. It is still the, the most used desktop application in, in wealth management today. Um, and I did that for nine years or so and and uh, grew tired of the large company. And I joined a startup technology firm out in San Francisco. I uh, did that for a couple of years. I sold that company to Cyvantage, uh, where I spent 14 years building that company into a product-based, multi-tenant uh, client experience. Uh, we also did uh, 1099 reporting. And that company was then sold. We sold it to uh, Refinitiv, which oddly enough was the exact same group that uh, I'd left 18 years before that I found myself back in. And uh, while I was spending my time there, I was thinking about what to do next. And I spent a lot of time building client and advisor experiences. And I I also was a a bit of a fan of of the e-commerce market. And and I wanted to take to wealth management what e-commerce had done. Uh, around infrastructure and providing technology that helped enable firms do things faster, better, cheaper with data and and uh, technology and calculations. Um, and the opportunity at Bridge FT came along, and they had such a a, a, a piece in uh, the, that puzzle that was a good starting point. And so I took that opportunity. I brought a bunch of my my team in, and uh, we we took it from there. Well, thank you for that background. And I, I have to agree that e-commerce has certainly kind of set the standard, like you said, in terms of infrastructure. So I want to talk Bridge FT specifically. You know, what is Bridge FT? Who do you serve? And where do you ultimately fit into the typical tech stack? Sure thing. Uh, Bridge FT is what we call Wealth Tech as a Service. So we are an infrastructure company. We have a product called Wealth Tech API. Uh, that product enables uh, multi-custodial data aggregation, mission-critical advisor applications like billing and reporting, performance calculations, other data enrichment on top of that core data, and we have some new things coming uh, soon as well. That that product is used by firms that need to solve the challenge of getting after all of the customer account data from multiple custodians in multiple different formats delivered in multiple different ways into their application 
before they can actually build what's special about their application. So we like to say that we enable firms to focus their time and effort on what really differentiates them, what their idea and their application is, and then leave the infrastructure data elements to us um, because they're not going to differentiate on that. No one, no one's going to have build a better financial planning application because they got the multi-custodial data right. Uh, they're just <laughs> going to spend money that's already been been spent. So that that puts us in this play of uh, of what we like to call infrastructure uh, and and helping firms build their applications faster, better, cheaper. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that context. And so with that, I actually want to dive into our first segment that I like to call Stats All Folks. And this is actually a three for one this time. <laughs> so according to McKinsey Global Institute, data-driven organizations are not only 23 times more likely to acquire customers, but they're also six times as likely to retain customers and 19 times more likely to be profitable. So let's dive into that a little bit and what that means in the context of our industry specifically. Yeah, sure. I've got some ideas on that. I think it's <laughs> it's actually a little, um, maybe a little basic, which is data is, is facts and facts drive decisions. So better data means better decisions. And if you're not, even in running the business that I run, if I can't make the decision based on data and knowing the data, then I don't have a lot of confidence in it. And I think that rings true across in, everywhere, certainly not just in wealth management. In wealth management, uh, that data is needed for all of the different use cases. It's needed for trading. It's needed for financial planning. It's needed for um, client reporting and, and how they handle their billing and, and uh, overall running the business. And so without the right data and without data that you can uh, make use of easily, it's very hard for those decisions to be made um, and you get less outcome. So talking about building better outcomes, better data equals better outcomes. And you've obviously been involved in the space, as you mentioned, for, for over 25 years now. So I'm sure you've seen the rapid evolution and things change. And data is such a, a buzzword right now. So what are you seeing right now in terms of that? You know, What's the biggest data challenge impacting firms right now? I think the data challenges are, are many. Uh, and so it's hard to roll those into one. Um, I think generally, if you thought about it as a single kind of factor, it's it's being able to bring the data together, make same same out of that data so that you can use it to drive whatever analytics or decisions you're making um, and have it uh, available and accessible and accurate so that when you do apply all the logic you're putting on top of it, 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 it actually produces the results that you're hoping. So I think that's one of the, the bigger challenges, certainly a challenge that that uh, uh, we see and, and that we help uh, customers with is getting getting that access, getting it in a format that's usable uh, and being able to leverage it uh, for all the things that you want to use it for. And obviously we're discussing driving better data, data-driven outcomes for clients and how BridgeFT is helping. So could you potentially share some success stories or, or use cases to put it all into context? Yeah, it's um, and actually I can put it into context of the history I gave you about myself, like back in, <laughs> I don't know what it was, year 2000, maybe when we built the Thompson One Advisor, one of the things we had to do is to bring the custodial data in from multiple sources uh, to power that application. One of the things we had was a financial planning application. And that was a huge lift and it really didn't add any value. It, it, it The product wouldn't work without it. So it's a must have, but I can't say that we differentiate ourselves by doing that work. So that was a lot of expense with, with potentially not a lot of gain. And that problem still exists today. 
especially in the in the RAA market, which uh, now it seems even in the brokerage market is becoming the RIA market. Those those uh, advisors depend on multiple custodians. Those custodians all do different things with their data. They deliver it in different ways. They have different fields. Um, they have data that's present in some places and not present in others. Uh, and and to build an application, it's it's much more effective to be able to build your application in one way and have your data in a normalized single format so that it behaves the same regardless of which custodian or which source you're using it off of. And and Bridge helps that happen, provide that for firms today. We do that heavy lift to bring bring all that data in. We run the, the data operations, the batch process to normalize the data. And uniquely, we serve it all over an API. So rather than forcing you to take files and, and yet another big database infrastructure that you have to build, uh, you can access all that data API first over our platform. And it's no secret that, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> I didn't mean to cut you sorry, off. Sorry, I was going to hit a couple success stories. Like oh, please. one of our clients, uh, one of our clients is an application provider. They build a, a trust application uh, and they were building their first integration into Schwab. Um, and they, they, they were uh, struggling a bit through that. And then their next customer, of course, was on TV. And the next customer after that was on Fidelity. So he was looking at a one-year roadmap of building these uh, custodial integrations before he was even getting to finishing his application that's running on him. With Bridge, he wrote to our API. He was up and running in a couple months. Uh, he had access to all of those custodians. So we saved him a year, you know, probably a, a several hundred thousand dollars to a million bucks. Oh, wow. um, another good case study is that's been in the press with us is, is Dynasty. Dynasty is, is building a, a first class uh, advisor and client platform to differentiate their business. And they realized that they'd be better served by focusing their efforts on what's going to make them unique rather than bringing the data and the plumbing in. Uh, so they turned to us. We bring together all their custodial data to power their applications. And again, that was a major time saver for them and a, and a significant cost saver that allowed them to deploy those resources towards the things that really make Dynasty great rather than putting in the same infrastructure that, that everybody else has to. And I see Bridge FT everywhere, especially when I'm on the road. So obviously no signs of slowing down whatsoever. And, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that modern wealth management success really hinges on technology. And so I want to dive into this concept, particularly around custodians, because you've really made it a point to have deep integrations and partnerships within the fintech ecosystem. And as you mentioned, it's it's an open industry secret that there's still challenges when it comes to working with custodial data. Why was that initiative so important to get right? And are you hopeful that that's going to, to change? Are the custodians going to be able to keep up? Where do you see all that going? That's a great question. Yeah, it was, it was critical for us because we did it for our own applications. We were self-serving and building our applications and solving this problem just like everybody else has to. And it was at that time that the board looked at it and said, you know, if this made this big a difference for us, perhaps uh, we should look at, at commercializing this and making this a big part of our business because we could help others the same way that we helped ourselves. And that's what really started the the change and my coming on board in 22 and, and the focus that we've had over the last year and a half. The, the data is never going to, that, that, that challenge is never going to go away. It's not like the custodians are doing anything wrong. It's just that everybody does everything different. It's like different languages. Uh, and how do you sure. speak the difference between those? So that, that work's going to have to get, is going to have to get solved. But back to my earlier point, why, why solve it again? Um, this really should be an industry utility, which is what we're aiming to do on that part of the business. Once you get the data in though, there's other things you want to do with it. And that's sort of the future focus as we continue to scale it at, at, at bridge. And you mentioned, um, partnerships and 
So yeah, we just introduced a, a new concept for Bridge. It's called the Wealth Tech API Marketplace. And that marketplace brings together other vendors and, and partners of ours uh, and sometimes clients that are pre-integrated with Bridge data that sit on the value chain that we're serving and also offer data and information that could uh, improve the value of the data that we supply on the core platform. Uh, the first company that we're working with and we've announced there is a company called Yayati, which has a tax aware rebalancing platform and portfolio analytics. It runs off of the bridge data. So we've solved that same the multi-custodial problem for them and firms that work with them will have that pre-integrated uh, as part of that platform. That'll be something we'll continue to do across the value chain uh, in wealth management. So we've got things coming uh, soon in market data. We've got some things coming in trading uh, and we'll continue to fill across all those buckets where there's people, uh, uh, firms out there that have valuable capability that could be pre-integrated out of the gate with the custodial data to solve that problem so that firms themselves aren't having to yet do another integration themselves that doesn't really add value for what they're trying to do. Absolutely. All right. So there is hope then <laughs> that the process will get a bit easier. Uh, I saw an interesting headline actually on your website that stated that Bridge FT believes in retiring the tech stack mentality. I want to unpack that and dive into the challenges and opportunities of what that means. I think the concept there is that one of the premises of what we're doing at Bridge is that firms are going to build and own and maintain their own digital experiences for their clients and their advisors. It's important. Uh, it is part of their value proposition increasingly, and that can't be done as an, as an outsourced service. So that means they're going to be building more technology. So they're going to have to get more familiar with the quote unquote tech stack. Um, but it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be at that level where, where they're pu putting pieces together and having to integrate all the different services um, themselves, having things be pre-integrated, data loaded into them, um, having solutions that are more tightly integrated through API um, and back to the e-commerce point is really the, the driving force for us, which is let the firms focus on what the user interfaces are going to look like and how they're going to differentiate their workflows. But the core services could be integrated through API. And as long as everybody's servicing their, their clients with a, with a robust set of APIs, that gives a flexibility for them to do that. And the tech stack of Frankenware merging multiple <laughs> systems together and user interfaces that don't make sense and, and stupid things like single sign-on go away because you behind the scenes, uh, you don't know that, that Amazon.com is served by a thousand different API providers. It's seamless. And that's that's the that's what e-commerce has, has showed us. And I think that's what's going to happen in wealth management. Oh, it, that absolutely makes sense. And I've, I've always used that terminology of the Franken stack. So I'm glad that that got pulled in. So that actually right. is a, it's a great segue to my next question, because, you know, again, as you've kind of seen things change and evolve in our industry, what does the next generation of wealth management applications look like? You know, what's your hope and, you know, ultimately, what's your prediction here? Sure. It's a little bit of a carry on from my, my last response is, is one, I think firms are going to build and own their, their client and advisor experiences. Uh, that's how technology is going to differentiate having, you know, two firms that say that their, their, their main value proposition to clients is in and around the financial plan and helping you meet your, your dreams uh, aren't going to be served well by sending the same financial planning report out from 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 both firms that, that comes from a third-party software. It's got to be something that's unique and part of their value proposition. So they're going to own that part of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that means it's going to go the way of, of, of what e-commerce has done, which I think uh, more of these providers on the fintech side need to service the market with, with API first platforms that allow firms to put together their own applications, their own concepts. If you look across what we have, like look at the Kitsis map of all of the different fintech providers out there, the, the real solution for a, for a firm is, is using multiple of those things. And you're not going to have anything but a Frankenstack if you try to stitch together a bunch of user interfaces that try to achieve that same thing. Firms are going to have to build a workflow that goes through the customer journey from start to finish using multiple providers. And the only way to do that is an API first uh, type mm-hmm. platform where the, where, the, where the client is driving the, or the, the client firm is driving the experience. And I know you dug into it a little bit, but I want to dive in even further. And I love a good roadmap question. So I have to ask what's on it for Bridge FT. Sure, sure. Well, well we're going to continue driving the way we have been. And, and we've had a significant amount of growth. We, we grew our enterprise business 219% last year. Wow. We, we have some exciting extensions that we're going to do. We're, we're about data. So we're continuing to add data. We have some plans uh, that include what I talked about with Marketplace. So there's a whole suite of partners that we'll be rolling out over the the coming months that bring together the benefit of the Bridge FT data and services together with the services that are provided by third parties so that clients can leverage that more quickly and easily um, and cost effectively. We also have plans around a whole suite of of data analytics that sit inside each part of the value chain. That's going to be a big part of our extension. We, we have, we're going to have a, one of the larger customer sets of data that are sitting out there and, and the data gets valuable by the analytics and the stories and the questions that it can answer. So we have a data scientist in-house. We're going to start focusing on uh, leveraging AI and, and ML on, on how do we drive data analytics that solve those questions out of the gate for people so that they don't have to take our data and do it themselves. So that's, that's a big part around data analytics. Uh, we're also going to be turning the platform real time. So Rather than the D plus one, you know, market that that's there today, uh, I've got a, a history of that from my old company. We're going to have uh, uh, the platform be able to show you intraday balance of positions and what's happening in your account at the minute as the market's changing. Other data sets as well. So we've got a partnership that we're about to kick off with market data. So everybody that uses the custodial data also buys market data. If we can pre-integrate that on the platform, uh, we save people time and effort. Well, now that is a solid roadmap and congratulations on the continued growth at Bridge FT. It's pretty incredible. So with that though, I do want to dive into our second segment of the episode, Joe, that I call Ask Us Anything, where I've gone out to the social universe and asked them to submit questions they want answered by you. And we did have a few folks drop into the DMs this week with the first question being, what are some common mistakes you see firms make that are inhibiting them from growing? I think, I think we've kind of covered some of this. I think the Frankenstack is a perfect example. I think people go and they jump to uh, figure out how to solve niche problems without thinking about what the large problem is. Um, and then and not figuring out the, you know, what the underpinnings of that like data are before they, before they set about solving that problem. And then, and then they end up retooling and, and replatforming. So I think that that's, I think that's human nature. You know, people go to the doctor because they have something specific wrong. They don't go to the doctor to get the, the you know, the, the whole story checked out. And I think people build technology the same way. They've got one or two problems. They solve those. And then the next thing they have to put another addition on the technology because there's another problem. 
So getting a better picture of, of, of the full footprint and what kind of foundation it's going to take to support that, I think, is is, uh, is an important thing to do. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And in a similar vein, we did have another question around what holds companies back from innovating ultimately. And it's interesting because we just hosted at, at our conference uh, back back in May, we hosted a CTO think tank roundtable and talked to these you know technology decision makers. And I know data, of course, came up and being stewards of data and having actual plans around it. So I know that's one that I've heard, but obviously curious of your take as well. I think one of the biggest things that holds people back is their resistance to throw away their old technology. One of the things that really impresses me about Bridge FT when I came and, and, and that we have kept up is that, you know, we try to eliminate tech debt before it becomes debt. Technology moves very, very quickly. Uh, you can be much more efficient using the latest. Yes, it does take some time. You have to have continual investment um, on, on retooling and getting up with the standards. But if you do it wisely, you're going to do it in the areas that, that really pays off in, in quick time. A great example is, you know, Bridge is all, we're all AWS, so we're completely in the cloud. Everything we have is in the cloud. And from a cost standpoint and how fast we can move is completely different than, than my last company where we were co-locating all of our, our stuff. And, you know, we, we, we continued on because the change was, was expensive and, and hard. I think, I think innovation would happen a lot faster if we were able to, to make that move quicker, bite the bullet. And, and get rid of some of that tech debt. So embrace the pain and change is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it's going to be too late. That I completely agree with that. Well, I appreciate you being put on the spot and being put in the hot seat, uh, but we have come to our final and what might be my favorite segment that I affectionately call Stack It or Whack It, where I'm going to throw out a few technologies and be warned, they are not necessarily wealth tech related always. And you tell me if they are worth the hype or not. So obviously we've been talking a lot about data. So I have to ask about data security tools within wealth management. You know, as firms deal with more and more data from various systems, they need to ensure they're not only compliant, but secure from threats, that it's being monitored correctly. So in its current state, stack it or whack it when it comes to data security tools in our industry. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a stack. It's a must have. It's mission critical. If you're involved in doing that, then, then you know, you have the, the downside is so much more. You have to do that. But but I think an interesting scenario would be to look for partners and providers that can help you by providing that in their system without you having to do it all homegrown yourself. So that's a similar example for, for us and what we use AWS. We, we gain a lot of leverage because a lot of that is inherent to what comes to us with AWS. And so a lot of that is already taken care of uh, because it is a service. Our WealthTech API similarly inherits all of that from AWS and our clients inherit it from WealthTech API. So there's, there's, there's ways to deal with that without having to roll your own every time. No, that, that makes sense to me. And I know that's become a very hot topic in our industry too. So I am curious to see how to, to watch that kind of subsect of security, cybersecurity grow, because it still seems like advisors in particular aren't embracing it as much. So uh, hopefully that is going to change. <laughs> so second, stack it or whack it. And I look, I promised not everything would be tech related. And I do like to wrap up on a lighter note. And I may or may not have done a little bit of 
LinkedIn stalking and saw that you were a CSU alum, so Colorado State University, and I've actually lived in in Denver since about 2017. So I have to ask then the Rams football season, stack it or whack it uh, <laughs> for this year. <laughs> it's gonna, uh, I hate to say it, but it's going to be a whack it. It's been a whack it since, <laughs> since, Son- since Sonny Lubick left. My time at CSU, we were we were not very good at football either, except the last year, I think, is when Sonny, Sonny Lubick started. Mm-hmm. And that's when I know, there's, a, there's a string there of, it was like five to ten years of, of lots of bowl games and 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 winning teams and and actually beating the buffs, uh, which is was always the thing. But I don't think we've seen that for a while, so I wouldn't hold up too much hopes. Sorry to say. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see, but I I might have to agree with you on that <laughs> one. But Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Please feel free to tell listeners where they can find out more about how to connect with you and what's happening at Bridge FT. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Go check out Bridge FT at bridgeft.com and and uh, uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, and um, uh, I'm Joe S at bridgeft.com if anybody wants to contact me directly. Fantastic. And be sure to like and subscribe to the WellStack podcast on all major podcasting platforms and follow all things WellStack and wealthmanagement.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thank you all for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network, Finet, member SIPC. Finet is focused on helping independent advisors support their clients and reach their goals with unique, ever-evolving solutions and resources from one of the nation's largest financial institutions. Learn how you can get more with Finet at wfa.com independent. That's wfa.com independent.